You're listening to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack, and our next guest is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstead, the executive director of MISHA. Hiring new people, you've got championships coming up, basketball, a busy time. And I want to follow up. We were talking last week about uh, MISHA's role and how they work with schools, and you were talking about uh, going out and um, sending out questionnaires and, and following up uh, for things that will be on the ballot, for things to discuss this summer. And um, you had mentioned your board of directors uh, and an advisory committee. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about that and the role that they play, because as we mentioned uh, last week, when we were talking with Jen. You know, Misha just doesn't, you know, overrule everything and say, this is what you're doing. I mean, there's input that comes from the schools and, and their administrators. But you have your board of directors and advisory committee. Um, talk about the role that they play. So our, our board of directors, they are the governing body of the entire association. Uh, as I mentioned, our state is broken into eight board districts. Uh, we have a representative, a board representative from each of those eight districts. And then we have a, two additional board members that are at large. Uh, those members must be part of a minority race or gender. Uh, one at large region covers St. Louis and Kansas City. It's our, it's our urban uh, at large position. And then the other one covers all the other six districts. Uh, so we have at-large region two. So we have a board of 10. Uh, those, that board is comprised of superintendents, principals, and athletic directors from, uh, one of, some, from a member school or a, a district of, uh, that has member schools. So uh, their role is uh, the general governance. Uh, they are my boss. Um, they, uh, they, so they hire and supervise the executive director. Uh, they also are in charge of running um, our championships. Uh, they, they set our playoff system and they direct the staff on how championships should be done. Uh, they, uh, they are the approval of our championship venues and, and um, they approve our, our, our championship balls for our, for our uh, association. We just did that uh, at our board meeting in January. We, we re-upped our, uh, our ball deals for the next three years. Um, so they have, and they also help to guide the function of how do we structure the questions that we're asking of the membership in, in looking at, uh, at any sort of bylaw changes. Uh, and then they also set policy, board, there is board policy um, that, is, uh, that is part of the rules for our association. So that's the role of the board. Um, and then uh, that board uh, has to hear from, uh, from not just you know, their, their school, uh, or their counterparts from their particular role, whether they're a superintendent, principal, or athletic director. But we also want to hear from representatives of all of our sports and activities. And so that's where our advisory committees come in. Every one of our sport and activities has an advisory committee made up of coaches and directors uh, who meet once, uh, at least once a year, uh, to basically discuss their sport or activity uh, and uh, look at some of the, the, the rules and the guidelines about how they're running and, and make recommendations to our board of directors on potential changes. Um, and we, we have advisory committees uh, outside of the realm of our sports and activities, uh, like we have a sports medicine advisory committee, we have an athletic director's advisory committee, and, and a few others that don't kind of fit that, the, main, uh, the main process, uh, but they're extremely important to our governance because uh, we, as I've mentioned before, we're a big democracy 
uh, and and being informed, our board being informed, and our membership being informed is really important to the the running of a democracy. And so, uh, those advisory committees uh, are are essential uh, to getting feedback, kind of from the the grassroots level, the ground level. These coaches and directors are they're the ones putting on all of these uh, practices and games and bus rides and all those things, and they're the ones who are telling us how things are going. Uh, and how can we make things better for their um, for their area of expertise in our state? Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad is the executive director of MISHA, joining us here on Show Me Today. Well, I don't want to open up Pandora's box, Jen, but um, fans or parents, uh, if they have feedback, how do they do? They reach out to these board of directors. Do they go to their schools directly? Uh, how much input? do parents and, and fans have in, in the process? The ideal is that they would start with their school uh, for feedback because their school is a member of the association and that school has standing in that membership to, to bring issues to the, uh, to the association. Uh, so it, the, the ideal is a parent or a fan would, would use their school as a conduit. Uh, that doesn't always happen. Uh, we are certainly welcome to listen to parents and fans and, and, and hear their feedback. We do have a process if they have a, a formal complaint. Uh, there's a board policy on how to handle that process, whether they want to do it anonymously or, um, or officially. Um, but we, we do hear back hear from fans and parents. And we, one of the new things we've, we've resurrected this year is a student advisory committee uh, that's getting ready to, to kick off this spring. Uh, because we want to also hear student voice uh, about how the association is serving our schools and our students. Um, and I, I believe that in, in future years, we're going to expand that and have a parent advisory as well uh, to give us pers- uh, input from that perspective. What would you say are the, the hottest issues or the hottest topics now from a, a parent standpoint? Somebody listening to us talk right now, what, what do you think are some of the hot button issues for them? Uh, I think uh, mental health is a hot button issue for many parents. Um, and we see that kind of in our appeals process. Um, uh, parents have, have great concerns about the mental health of their, of their children. Um, I, think, uh, I think parents are also, um, if, they're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not in this boat, it's not a big deal for you. But the, our transfer policies uh, seem to be a real hot button issue for parents as well uh, if they're thinking about transferring their student moving or transferring from school to school for any given reason. So uh, I think those are the two things. And then in any given moment, a parent may be pretty upset about an official's call. Um, and so we sometimes uh, get feedback. Um, we get feedback on a number of different issues, but we, we often get feedback about officials. Yeah, well, that's got to be a, a tough topic and i'm sure one that the board and misha is tackling all the time game officials uh listen people are going to make mistakes I, I don't know i don't know where we got into this i don't know if it was because of uh, instant replay uh, with football now in all sports or all of a sudden now they expect officials to be perfect or uh, i'm not sure where that that came from but it's a human element and there's going to be mistakes and these aren't full-time jobs and and we've kind of lost that that vision of what these game officials uh, are are doing and what they're capable of doing too yes it's a it's led to a a crisis in our in our country uh when it comes to to high school and and really youth all youth athletics 
um, and that's a shortage of officials. Um, and, and the number one reason officials leave uh, the officiating uh, air arena is the, the, the treatment of, from fans. Um, and yeah, they, they are human beings learning and growing and they're probably gonna miss some calls. Um, and if you, if you can have a little patience with them, they're gonna get better and better and miss fewer calls. Um, but it's, uh, it, there's, there's just really no patience in, in many cases um, with, that, with that fellow human being out there trying to uh, really ensure that this contest can actually happen. We, we, would not, we, we have a bylaw that says you can't play unless there's an official. Um, and if we, we don't have enough of them, and, and it hasn't happened much in our state, but there are states that regularly have uh, games canceled because there are no officials to call. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. Hey, I want to go back just as we wrap up, Jen. Uh, you talked about mental health for, uh, for players, athletes being a, a big concern. Does it have more to do with um, just the strain of, of balancing life, school, and practice and all that, or is it more the pressures of the game? I, I think it's uh, I think it's less about the pressures of the game. I think there are certainly student athletes who um, who are have maybe some mental health struggle, struggles because of the competitiveness or the, the pressures of the game. I think for for what we're seeing, it's it's less about that and more about um, just kind of a mental health crisis with for adolescents right now in our country, and really. Um, our, our role in that, as far as you know, people who are involved in high school athletics and activities, um, we are, we're one of the, the, the great uh, treatments uh, for this kind of national epidemic right now. Um, students who are involved in, in sports and activities um, generally uh, are, have a, a more stable mental health uh, situation. And so we, um, we celebrate that and um, we want to continue to educate students and families and coaches and um, that that this is this is good for a uh, for a person's mental health it is good to be part of a team it is good to be uh, part of a routine it is good to exert oneself uh, it is good to do hard things um, it's good to fail occasionally it's good to to learn all of those things that that are uh, that happen in a, in a daily basis by participation in athletics and activities um, are are good for the development of a human, and um, and and our, I, I do think parents know that, and, uh, and and because of some of our eligibility rules, that's um, when if if eligibility is in question at any given moment, um, that is where parents go that that they see. Their, their son or daughter's participation uh, in, in these activities as essential to the maintenance of a student's mental, mental health. And, um, and that concern of eligibility becomes uh, pretty strong. Uh, Jen, before we let you go, uh, tell us about your podcast. Uh, Misha All Access. Uh, we, have, we, we kicked off our podcast just before uh, winter break. Um, and it has just, it's just been great. We, we wanted to communicate to the general public and our membership uh, in some different ways. We're, we're working on uh, several ideas on, on how to increase our communication, um, help to educate people on who we are and what we do and, and what there is to celebrate about high school athletics and activities in the state. Uh, and so it's, it's been really fun. 
uh, and uh, I get to I get to be on it quite a bit. Uh, although we're we're really trying to to expand the voices that you're going to hear on the podcast. Uh, but it's a uh, it's been a really positive uh, positive program for for our association. Yeah, well, you do a great job. Uh, appreciate catching up with you again. Thank you. We'll talk uh, next week. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, Executive Director of MISHA, here on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri.